Hello, everyone. It's Neon and Beyond, and we continue this amazing journey this morning to get you up close and personal with amazing things happening during the holiday season that can not only help you if you're looking for assistance during the holidays or great things to get involved with, a volunteer, and what these great organizations in our community continue to do. With that being said, a great guest, good friend of Lotus Broadcasting, Arash Gafore. Good morning, Arash, the executive director from NPHY, helping the homeless youth here in Las Vegas. How are you? Good morning. I am great, and um, I'm saying hello to you and uh, all your listeners. Yes. Back on. I know it's been a minute since we've been able to connect, and I know you guys have been busy like so many organizations. But first and foremost, let's get into this and, and tell everybody what the Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth, otherwise known as NPHY, is all about. Absolutely. So we actually started as an advocacy organization. We're a local organization, started here uh, around 2000, and we have grown over the years to become uh, one of the most comprehensive service providers for homeless youth here in Southern Nevada. We serve young people experiencing homelessness from the ages of 12 through 24. And last time we talked, that was 12 through 21. So we were doing a bit of expansion that we'll get into wow. later. But we have grown over the years to try to meet the needs of young people experiencing homelessness in our community that are ever-changing. So we started with a drop-in center, we added housing, we added different components like emergency shelter, family unification, etc. And we are also focused not only on the, the programmatic side of our services, but also the systems-level side of our services as well. So we are working on policy We've also passed two laws in the last couple sessions, and we even started something called the Movement to End Youth Homelessness here in Southern Nevada. Um, some of your listeners may be familiar with the issue, and some may not, so I just want to say that we have one of the worst situations with youth homelessness in the country happening right here in our own backyard, and that's not something new. It's been happening for years in our community. In fact, since the data has been collected at a national level, Vegas and Southern Nevada and even the state have always been on top or near the top of lists when it comes to um, youth homelessness. So it's definitely a crisis and a huge issue in our community. So we're doing that bookend approach. We're trying to provide high-quality direct services. And pre-COVID, we had up to 15,000 visits at our drop-in center. Um, and then on the other end, we're working on systems-level work, meaning that we're working with our policymakers, we're working on public-private partnerships, and even um, we produced the first ever Southern Nevada plan to end youth homelessness and have been working along the goal of completing that plan and holding annual summits to make sure that we're tracking that progress, learning and innovating and working together on a common North Star to try to end the issue of youth homelessness in our community. Yeah, a lot that goes on with you guys. And we are going to talk about a lot of stuff this morning. If you want to find out more and follow along with some of the great things we talk about, what NPHY is doing, you can go to nphy.org as well. And pre-pandemic, Arash, but, you know, I want to kind of start there. Um, with homeless youth being such an issue in Clark County in Southern Nevada, why do you think that is happening? What is going on, and how are we going to help? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, a lot of different things going on. Um, 
when it comes to young people experiencing homelessness community. There's a lot of issues with, uh, you know, family breakdowns and, you know, even pre-COVID, there's a lot of stressors on, on families and their community around affordable housing and not having a high enough minimum wage or access to health care. A lot of issues that, that led to struggles in the home. And there's things like domestic violence. But I want to point out that that the issue youth homelessness is doesn't just happen in certain area codes or zip codes or to certain uh, uh, people from certain backgrounds. It is actually something that can transcend socioeconomic um, um, variables because um, issues like domestic violence, issues like a young person coming out to their parents and saying that, um, you know, I'm LGBT or, or gender fluid or whatever, these issues don't care about how much money you have in your bank account or the color of your skin or your religion. They affect young people at all levels. So young people are getting kicked out of their homes. Um, they are leaving circumstances that you and I can't imagine, abuse, verbal, physical, emotional, otherwise. And it is our goal to make sure that these young people don't have to stay on the streets just because um, they become homeless or just because they become kicked out. So a lot of young people become homeless suddenly and unpredictably through no fault of their own because they're not really in control of their environment when they're minors and, and young adults. And Vegas also has a 24-7 environment, so it's very easy for young people to blend in. And we have a lot of families coming here to Nevada and Southern Nevada looking for economic opportunities, looking for employment opportunities. And if those things don't work out, the family unit um, kind of goes belly up here in our community and young people can be separated from parents, et cetera, during that process. So um, that's also part of the reason. So Vegas is that kind of one of those last places where you can live that, that American dream without necessarily having uh, advanced degrees, et cetera. So a lot of people are coming here. But when they go belly up, the difference is that when, when unfortunately things happen and they and they become homeless or they can't afford rent, and if they were back where they came from, they would have support systems, grandfathers, aunts, uh, brothers, other peers, friends that they could rely on. But a lot of people, when they come here, including our young people, they don't have families here. They don't have friends here. So they can't reach out to a system to support them when something negative or a bad thing happens in their life. So for typical reasons around, you know, families breaking down, domestic violence, child abuse, all that is there. But there's other also factors, too, that affect young people around being LGBT. Um, immigration issues in our country are affecting young people experiencing homelessness, et cetera. And youth homelessness is highly tied to sex trafficking, education, and a slew of other issues in our community as well. So a lot of work for you guys. Everything you've just said is just its own different entity. And you guys have it all together, making sure that you work really hard behind the scenes. And I know that during the pandemic, you guys have been open and working especially more than ever before. How has that been going? What's going on now with after the pandemic? Well, you know, um, uh, as we've been kind of talking about for a while, um, you know, even if, if, People think that the pandemic is sort of subsiding. We know that historically, um, the pandemics and big shocks like this in, in communities or countries in the globe, actually, the effect it has on on homeless people is actually going to be worse after the pandemic is completely over. Um, and that is because it's just a lag when it comes to right now 
you know, there's still moratoriums and there's still um, um, unique government assistance that's time limited happening both at the state level, local level and national level. And when some of those things go away, we're going to see the true impact that, that COVID has had in our communities. And at the same time during COVID, um, Nevada and especially Southern Nevada here, we have our, our affordable housing crisis has gotten way, way worse. So just in yeah. last year, rent has gone up 20%. That's on top of how much it went up last year. So we're dealing with a very unique situation where we're expecting uh, all homeless numbers, including young people experiencing homelessness, to go up over the next 6 to 18 months as people find it um, uh, harder to stay in, in their housing if they haven't, or harder to access housing because of these these exorbitant prices that we're seeing uh, for rentals. And and that's kind of what we saw during the the worst parts of COVID, is that young people experiencing homelessness were hit kind of on both ends. So we have young people that are newer to experiencing homelessness um, not being able to access services, not being able to go to schools and get free or reduced lunch, not being able to go to a lot of places where they would normally go when they're in survival mode to try to get on Wi-Fi at McDonald's or somewhere else. A lot of these places were closed or doing drive-through only. So young people that are newer to experience a homelessness had a very hard time connecting with resources. And quite frankly, us as providers, we really had to innovate and pivot and think about how we could connect with these youth in a different way since we couldn't do outreach in some of the same places like we would, schools or right. centers and other places. So that's one side of it. But the other side of it is that we have young people that are in our programs and in other programs and through their own self-determination have graduated um, and want to to transition to independence. But that is a very hard thing for, for any young person right now, especially if you're experiencing homelessness. Um, you know, the employment market is crazy. Um, you know, universities, some are doing virtual, some are not. It's kind of like very unstable grounds right now. So, and young people um, that we serve don't really have a lot of natural support systems or backup systems. So for our listeners that may have um, um, uh, a child or a young adult in college, well, usually when that child or young adult experiences an issue, their first call may be to their parents or, or something like that these young people don't have those natural type of support systems. And we're seeing how much it's being strained right now during COVID because COVID really brings a human element to all of the work that we're doing here at MPHY for local government and our community. So it's, 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 it's been a huge impact for young people, but what we are seeing is amazing innovation, new practices, different relationships that we're forming with partners and funders to make sure that we can meet these new needs that we're seeing with, with young people experiencing homelessness and the difficulty and challenges they're going to have around accessing housing, education, et cetera. Yeah, and that platform right there with everything you just said brings us to the cool thing that we have going on. Well, you guys really have going on, I mean, above and beyond everything. Reminder, we are talking to the executive director, Arash Gafore. Sorry, Arash. I, I'm going to get that right someday. Do you forgive me? 
<laughs> He's the executive director for NPHY, doing great things for our homeless youth. Um, before we get to the exciting news of you guys, if someone's listening this morning and they know of young people that are forcing, you know, possibly seeing homelessness or are homeless, how can they get the help? Absolutely. So, um, for one, we want to make sure that we our, our phones are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, for anyone to call, whether to report that they're seeing a young, pe- uh, a young person somewhere that may be in need of assistance, or if they even want to provide our numbers, our information to those young people so they can access us when they feel they need us. We have a really cool program called our Safe Place Program, and we regularly do outreach with adults to explain to them what the Safe Place Program is, and we also regularly do outreach with young people to let them know that if they're ever in a crisis situation, if there's ever an emergency, or if something happens later today or tomorrow or in six months, that they can always call, text us, email us. And the great cool thing about Safe Place Partnership is that they don't have to get to us. They can get to one of our amazing partners that we have in our community, like our local libraries, Terrible Herps. They can hop on a bus and get a free ride to nearest safe place location, and they can even go to um, the Las Vegas Fire Department in addition to our drop-in center. So we're a 24-7 organization, and adults can call us and let us know. They can come volunteer and let uh, learn more about the issue so they can be more informed. Because, you know, it's a great question you're asking, because a lot of times parents come to us and say, I, I just can't imagine this issue of homelessness. And after... We work with them, and they go through our volunteer orientation or just get a little educated on what we do, how we do it. They realize that they have seen homelessness, that it may have happened when Johnny or Susie kept spending the night at their house, but their parents never called to ask where they were, or Johnny and Susie were never in a rush to get home. So young people are hiding their situation really well. So at MPHY, we work really hard to make them comfortable accessing help on their terms. That's why Droplin Center looks like a house. And this is residential neighborhood. So we try to make it as, as, as easy and as comfortable for young people who are already in very stressful and traumatic situations to access our services. So we encourage anyone to reach out to us through phone, through email, um, and let us know. And we can go out there and do outreach in the neighborhood, even if that young person's not there anymore. There may be others, so we can target outreach there and mobilize our other partners as well to make sure that we can try to meet the needs of, uh, meet the needs of all young people. And what is that phone number? So our phone number is 702-383-1332. Again, that's 702-383-1332. And then that, that number is a 24-7 hotline. In addition, they can go on our website at www.mphy.org and access resources or contact information that way. And the cool thing is that we get calls from young people, we get emails from young people, we get even texts from young people um, experiencing homelessness, asking for help or asking for resources. And then we also have partners that we work with that young people go to them, and then those partners reach out to us. For example, our friends at the Clark County School District um, and the Title One Hope Office or counselors, we regularly work with them as well to create as many entry points for young people that they can access when they need to access it. Well, and again, this is a big, huge problem, and especially here in Southern Nevada. So I hope everyone this morning taking notes, if you're looking for the help, the best place to start would be nphy.org.
org. A lot of great things that Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth is doing. A lot of great community partners. And and the big thing, of course, we need help. We need assistance. We need places and safe places for our youth to go to. And you guys have been doing your housing expansion campaign and have blown it out of the water with some great partners. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, speaking of crisis, I just want to add one more opportunity is that um, young people can call us anytime, day or night, too. And if they can't remember the number I just gave you, 702-383-1332, we hope that they can access this easily through calling our one eight six six you are safe line. So basically, the letter U and then the words are safe. Um, they can access it that way 24 hours a day as well. Thank and you. on to the housing expansion campaign. Well, we, we were thrilled uh, when we had this idea. We, we went to our good friends over at the Sands Corporation to talk to them about the idea of doing a housing expansion campaign and how important it was in our community. And at that time, and still today, we have a significant shortage of beds for young people experiencing homelessness. So that means that if we were to get every young person experiencing homelessness somehow and say, hey, do you want a shelter bed, do you want a housing bed, et cetera, we would not have uh, enough beds to even meet half of the demand. And at that time when we started, it was even worse. So it's really critical that we create more beds for young people because, you know, the kind of the whole mantra of our campaign was that, you know, a place to sleep is more than just a bed for our young people. It's really that foundation for a brighter future where they can access services, get further support. But if they're always in survival mode, that is always thinking about where they're going to sleep tonight, um, what they're going to eat tonight, how are they going to avoid abuse or victimization, they're never going to be focused on what they could become. They're never going to be focused on their math test next week. And they're never going to get to that point where they feel comfortable. That way they can, you know, expand and, and, and heal and through their own self-determination be whomever they want. So we took all this to, to Sam's, and Sam's was like, look, this is an incredible thing. We want to get involved, and we also want to get some other people that we know involved. And they reached out to John Bon Jovi's Soul Foundation. And I bon love Jovi's this. Soul, yes. Um, I think that's the beauty of kind of public-private partnerships is that when we work together and access all of our resources, great things can happen. So we have this amazing foundation um, based out of the East Coast, but investing nationwide, that gave us a matching grant and, and, you know, kind of opened up their dollars to the community and said, for every dollar that the community invests, we'll match it up to a certain point. So Sands and John Bon Jovi really critical in getting our campaign off the ground. But then we had tons of local community members, donors, um, other even organizations, banks, et cetera, all kind of donate to get to our goal of, 500,000, but then I should add that our goal had to change to 675,000 because of, you know, this huge real estate crisis. Right. But the goal of all that money was to really be able to invest and buy a fourplex. So we have done that and we got a 50-bed housing property that increases our housing stock by 150% and adds an additional about 5,500 nights per year that where we can keep a young person off the streets. And I just, the, you give me chills. It's amazing. It, it, we're, we're thrilled. And the best part is that through all those investments and, and having other partners involved, like, you know, the Kaiser Foundation, Chase, the Cashman Family Foundation, et cetera, 
we were able to also work with Clark County, um, you know, and and uh, which is an incredible partner of ours as well. And we actually together started a program in those units that we purchased with the housing can- expansion oh. campaign. So not only did we get those beds, but we also got long-term programmatic dollars to hire case managers and even former young people that have experienced homelessness to be on our staff to help young people who are experiencing homelessness transition and have a peer to talk to, et cetera. So it's not always just adults. And that's all possible because of the generosity of the community and our kind of, you know, our principal partners that help make this happen and bring attention to this issue, which is uh, stands in the John Bon Jovi Soul Foundation. I love that, especially hearing the John Bon Jovi Soul Foundation helping with you guys. I, I know that Aerosmith has been doing a lot of great stuff, Steven Tyler's foundation, and getting these big, you know, movie stars, singers, rock stars, whatever, to help here in Las Vegas because we do. We are one of the top cities hit, not only because of the pandemic, because of other things going on. It's so beautiful to hear this, and I'm so happy you shared with us this morning. And it can't be this long again that we talk. This morning, Executive Director Arash Gafore has been with us, and they are doing great things at Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth, otherwise known as NPHY, and you can check out and find out more at NPHY. Arash, I appreciate you coming on this morning and thank you for all the work you guys continue to do. This is a crisis and we are all working together because we all live here and this is our community and those kids go on to do such great things. Those stories just go on and on. Absolutely. You know, thank you. And, you know, I always say that uh, we never know who's walking through uh, our drop-in center. It could be the next Rembrandt, could be the next Michelle Obama, could be the next mayor of Las Vegas because these young people are incredibly talented, gifted, and the only thing that, that, that happened to them is, is a homelessness situation through no fault of their own. And right. they could be anyone, and we're proud to do that. And it's a community working together that makes these outcomes possible. So thank you for helping us spread the word. No problem. I appreciate you coming on. And again, nphy.org. You can find out more. Everything is there. That's a great place to start. Arash Gafore, thank you so much for coming on this morning. We will chat really soon, and happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays. And you nailed my last name that last time. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, we will chat soon. Okay. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.